right, good morning. It's always, you know, there's funny things that happen sometimes when you walk up here. Um, this is usually a good thing, is when I'm sitting down and all of a sudden, everything that I've kind of loaded into my brain, it just goes blank, completely blank. And I'm like, you know what, though, that's a good thing. Because it's almost like God is going, okay, all this stuff that you figured on saying, I'm going to hit the reset button on you right now, and you're going to say what I want you to say, all right? And so uh, hopefully let's pray and that that flows out, okay? Let's do that. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Uh, God, we love you. Thanks for your word. I pray that you give me the words you want me to say, Father, and help us to hear what we need to hear, God, and not be stubborn and hard-hearted, Father. Help us not to just be like stuck in some like spiritual rut that we will not move from, God, uh, but that we will listen to your voice. Uh, we know you're talking to us now. God, you are. You've been talking to us through the songs and in the fellowship. You've been talking to us every minute of every day, God, and we want our ears open to you uh, because we want to follow you and glorify you, God. We love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so, um, where are we, okay? We're, we're in the middle of our series. I know that much, right? Uh, we've been talking uh, this fall about running a race, and I really would encourage you, if you've missed any of those, if you're going, I don't even know what you're talking about, go to the podcast, go to the church, and listen to them, because we're talking about running the race that's been marked out for you, Amen. all right? And that doesn't mean like, oh, my race is to be a millionaire and my race is to be this. And my God is going, hold on, there's a race. I want you to think in that term, okay, of this race. And you're, every human being is in this race. You started at birth and you'll end at death for the most part, okay, in the things you can control, right. all right? And I want you to think about it. And you're either on a race of going, okay, I am running towards God, with God, with him in me. Like, that's where I'm going, this narrow path. That's what I've decided to do. That's the race, the parameters that I've decided to run. And God is saying, but you want to know what? You're going to experience things in your race that are different. As Julianne shared, great job, Julianne. That was so awesome. But as she shared, her obstacles, different things she ran into is going to be different than Dave and Lauren. It's going to be different, but there's these parameters. God has said, this is the life I want you to live. And so we're talking about running the race, all right? And then we're like zooming in, okay? Because that's like the big, like flying over it at 30,000 feet going, oh, the race. We're talking about this big picture. And then each week we're zooming in on an aspect of that, on something that will help us to do this in the manner that Jesus has called us to do it. All right, it's kind of like we were singing is oftentimes we do things the way we understand things. All right, and it's that idea of, okay, but I understand Christianity this way. I understand, and the only hope we have is to go, hold on a minute. Let's do it the way Jesus said to do it. All right, and let's, let's do our best to continue to do that. I think sometimes, though, our goal oftentimes is let me get to the point where I know everything and then I can tell everyone I know everything. (laughs) Let me get to the point where I'm perfect and then it's going to be great being a disciple and I hope you understand you and me we're works in progress all right and if you're in a place right now where you go you know what I am a hundred percent positive that I'm a hundred percent perfect in my knowledge of whatever part of your life I just hope that you understand how drastically fooled you are all right, 
truthfully. I mean, it, we can get to that point. I was sharing with a friend of mine this week. I said, you know, there are parts of my life I feel like I am 100% certain I am exactly the same as God in. Wow. Right. And the funny thing is, is I shared something that, and I'm not going to say this now, but it's something we all feel that way about. So you might be going, that poor guy. <laughs> Except I shared something that we all share. Okay. I shared something and you're going, well, what is it, Keith? Tell me. Tell me what that is. And I'm going to tell you, you've got to like figure your thing out. Okay. But it's that idea of going, hold on, every day I'm going to run this race Every day I'm going to not lean on my understanding, but on your understanding. I'm going to go to the Word, and I'm going to be flexible enough to know that, hold on a minute, that's not how I always did things, but I see in the Word it's different. Let me do that. Let me run the race the way God said to run the race, okay? And that's what we want is like this limber flexibility to go, okay, God, where are you going? Holy, follow the Holy Spirit. That's where we want to be. And last week we talked about death and how central that is to running the race to, in following Jesus, running the Christian race, running the race as a disciple, the gospel teaches that death is central, right? And, and it's interesting, it, you know, it's funny, and I want you to just think about this, and we won't expound on it a ton, but, you know, the gospel you believe will determine the disciple that you are. Yeah. I want you to think about that today. The gospel you believe will determine the disciple you are. So if in the gospel you believe, death isn't required, then you will become somebody that doesn't think you have to die. Yeah. You don't have to die to sin because that's not the gospel you believe. Now understand what I'm saying here. I'm not saying there are other gospels. Right. All right. But there's a false gospel you may be believing. And it makes the race super hard to run when we're following a gospel that Jesus didn't ordain. A good news that he didn't tell us was good news. A gospel in your mind, you may think, man, and this is very common in evangelical Christianity, a gospel that says, no, 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 don't let anybody say that you have to die to yourself. You need to feel good about yourself. That's a different gospel. Right? That's very important to know that that's not Jesus' gospel. In Jesus' gospel, right, we read Matthew 16 last week. And do you guys remember kind of the highlights from Matthew 16? Right? That verse where Jesus says, if anyone will come after me, anyone who wants to be my disciple must do what? What are the parameters that Jesus set apart in the gospel? Guys, remember, you can throw it out there. You don't have to do it word for word. Like Jesus spoke in NIV. Okay, you don't have to do that. No, I'm kidding. If you're going, he did, really? No, he didn't speak English. <laughs> just a little FYI for you. You're like, Jesus didn't speak English? I just blew your world right now, didn't I? You're going, oh my goodness. All right, my whole gospel has changed now, okay? But he said what? He said, if anyone wants to be my disciple and come after me, they must deny themselves. And you're going, uh-huh. Man, if you hadn't fought that battle, Man, I, you got to check yourself if you're a disciple of Jesus because that's a battle we fight yeah. right there. I'm not denying myself. And he said, but if you want to, you need to. If you want to follow me, yeah. deny yourself, do what else? Man, take up that cross. You want to know what? That's the death penalty to you, right? That, the cross is death. That's climb up on that thing, all right? 
Because you don't live on the cross. You die on the cross, okay? He says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and do what? Follow me. Man, I've got something for each and every one of you to do, right? To do that. The centrality Jesus understood, and a lot of times we get that, is, oh, no, but the gospel that I believe, Jesus had to die. He did have to die. But I just want us to be very clear is, as he said, anyone who will come after me, anyone who would be a disciple must follow these parameters. Yeah, amen. Okay? Must follow these. Okay, and so last week we talked about how simple that is. We talked about Romans 6, where he said you died in baptism. You died in order to live. You died to your old life in baptism. And again, it's just that idea of going, wow, is this a doctrinal thing or a theological thing? I'm just reading Romans 6. I'm just reading Acts chapter 2 and Matthew 28. It's just, it's there. If Jesus were to talk to us, we wouldn't be like, but you know what? I don't know, Jesus, if you're right doctrinally on that. I'm just saying this is what it says. Amen. Is that we, we died in baptism. Okay. Turn over to 2 Corinthians 13 for me, okay? What happens, though, sometimes is the gospel we believe is sometimes split up into two parts. We split the gospel into two parts. We split the gospel oftentimes into salvation. Get saved. That's the gospel. That's the American gospel. Don't die to yourself. Get saved. And then try to be a Christian after that. Like discipleship's a second optional part of the gospel. Right? And, and we've got to understand, no, there's not two parts to the gospel. There's one part, okay? When Jesus said, anyone who come after me who wants to be my disciple will, will do this. There, there, what he's saying at that point is there's no distinction in Christianity. There's not like levels of Christians. There's no such thing as, have you ever heard of the word a carnal Christian? There's no such thing. Right. <laughs> Say, oh man, that guy, he's so worldly, he's a carnal Christian. There's no such person that exists. Yeah. There, there is no carnal Christianity. There is no like, no, he's not a disciple, he's a Christian. He'll be a disciple when he gets really solid. There's no distinction. There's Christian and not Christian. There's disciple and Christian is the same exact thing, okay? And so a lot of times what we say is, well, the gospel is about salvation, and then you try to do what Jesus said. But in Matthew 16, he says, no, that's actually the same thing. Amen. Is that the gospel is about me being in your life and working in your life, and salvation is part of that, but following me Amen. is about, that's the gospel we believe. And so we talked about last week that principle in 2 Corinthians 13, uh, Paul writes, examine yourself to see wh whether, you're in the, whether you're in the faith. Yeah. Okay? Remember, you know what he didn't tell me to do? He didn't say for me to examine you. <laughs> he didn't tell Patrick Smith to examine Dean. Hey, Patrick, examine Dean to see if he's in the faith. You examine that person. Isn't that funny, though? We believe the, that gospel, though, don't we? Our gospel sometimes we believe in is I must examine other people to see if they're in the faith. 
He says, no, no, no. Hey, listen, y'all, everyone in here, you're big boys and big girls. Amen. All right? You are not children. Even if you're in middle school or whatever, you're still old enough to know this is examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Did you die in baptism? I mean, that's, you got to answer that question. Like, did I die? Did I just do it as like this tradition, this seance kind of symbolic thing? Or did I go, hold on a minute. Death, to follow Jesus, I've got to die. And this is where he said to do it, and I'm doing it. Amen. Right? Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Test yourself. Don't you realize that Christ is in you? Don't you realize that Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. That's where we were last week. We talked about the centrality of dying, okay? Is this idea of examine yourself. Unless you aren't, if you don't pass the test, then you can go, oh, hey, I get it. The gospel, Jesus' gospel is, man, to die to myself one time this this time when he washes me of all my sins and gives me the Holy Spirit, okay? But he says, then after that, live moment to moment dying to yourself. Amen. Live moment to moment dying to yourself. Romans chapter 12. Turn on over to Romans chapter 12, okay? It's funny because we can't separate the two, okay? Can you separate, you know, a wedding from being married, can you do that? Can you go, I want to have a wedding, but I don't want to be married afterwards. You know, Jessica's like, I would, I've always wanted a wedding, not so fired up about being married. Okay? You, you, can, you, can you separate conception from being pregnant? You're like, I've conceived, but I'm not pregnant. No, you can't do those. It's like you are or you aren't, okay? It's like all or nothing kind of thing here. And I think it's the idea of that's that's the point of we can't separate salvation from discipleship and say it's the gospel. They're inseparable. Okay. And so it's this idea of just like I can't separate a wedding from a marriage. I can't separate baptism from discipleship. I can't say, well, no, no, I want to be saved from my sins, but I don't want to live that way. That's like saying I'd like for conception to happen. I just don't want to be pregnant. I'd like to have a wedding, but not to be married, All right? Anna Claire's like, couldn't you do that? <laughs> I didn't know that was an option, <laughs> okay? Could you be clearer next time, okay? No, it's so weird to us that we would think that. And so in Romans chapter 12, here's what he says right here. He says, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer yourselves as living Sacrifices. That is continually offering yourselves. That's what that word is right there. Continually offering yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. There's something really important about this, though. Okay. And hopefully this is something we let really sink in from our head down to our heart here. Okay. Is sometimes... As we hear messages like this, we think, I'm going to die to myself moment by moment. Okay, we talked last week about kind of, you know, how we get right with God. And this is staying in Christ day to day, dying to self moment to moment. And a lot of times we think, if I can make myself feel more miserable, God's happier. (laughs) That's what denying self means, right? 
is if I can say no to myself and become more and more miserable, God will become happier and happier for me. That will be so fantastic to do that. And we do that oftentimes. We're like, okay, if I fast and it isn't misery, something's wrong. If I say no and it's not completely horrible, something's wrong. We have this kind of weird view of we, we, we decide, okay, I'm going to die today, and we die for dying's sake. That's not Christianity. I want us to be clear about that. It's just because you decide not to do something does not mean that you're doing it in the way that Jesus asked you to do it. Okay, And we know that in Romans 12. Because he doesn't say, brothers, I urge you, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. What did I leave out? In view of what God has done in you, because of what he's done in you. That's what was so vital about Julianne sharing that here. Okay, when we forget about, hold on a minute, how has God worked in me? In view of that, offer yourself continually as a living sacrifice. The first thing that we've got to know, we've got to understand, is that right now, if you've passed the test, okay, if you've looked at it and said, I have died in baptism, washed of my sins, Holy Spirit inside me, that has happened. I want you to understand something. Right now, you cannot be closer to God ever, ever. You're as close as you'll ever be on this planet. You're as close as you ever can possibly be. Amen. Are, are, do you buy that? Amen. It's okay not to. You may be going, no, that's ridiculousness, okay? But I want you to think about that. You cannot right now get closer to God than you are. And if we don't start there, then what we get is a works-based discipleship. Because what I start doing is going, hold on a minute. I need to have a great quiet time today because I want to be closer to God. Have you ever said that? Yeah. Okay, that's not the gospel. The gospel we believe determines the disciples we become. And so when you feel burdened and disconnected and like everything's hard and heavy and it's so difficult, it's not God's problem. You're believing a gospel that he didn't preach. You're believing in a gospel that he didn't tell you to believe in. Like you're waking up every day going, I just need to be closer to him. And he's going, you can't get closer. You're as close as it gets. I'm in you, and you're in me fully, fully, okay? If that's not the starting point, then everything we do as disciples becomes ascetic, okay? Becomes punishing, becomes, let me make myself feel punished because that's going to get me closer to God, okay? Do you know what that is a definition of in religion? What religion believes that? Eastern religion, Buddhism and Hinduism believe that. In, in the Hindu faith, the God is saying, no, 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 you've got to work to get to me. The Christian faith is the opposite. He's like, you didn't do anything and I want to be close to you. Amen. All right. One is freedom and one is slavery. Yeah. Man, one is liberating. One is just, just cramps you down. All right. But I fear that oftentimes our gospel has become an Eastern religion gospel. Let me work to get closer to God. And what's interesting is, is even when he discusses baptism, he's not saying, man, you have to do all this work. He's like, no, you obey me in faith. Yeah, amen. Like, that's nothing. 
But if you've passed the test, all right, and I want you to think about that. Is that your starting point? Did you wake up this morning going, I cannot get any closer than I am. I am fully close to God right now. Because it answers every question in the way we do everything. Why do I study my Bible every day? Gosh, so I can get closer to God. No. Because I am so close to God. Here's what I want him to do. Clarify his mission for me through his word. That's what I need from God. It's not to get closer. I need to be like, hold on, God. Let me see what you see. Hear what you hear. Do what you do. Like, like point me in the direction you want me. That's why I've got to study my Bible. Doesn't this change how we pray, too? If we pray, God, please, I just want to feel closer to you. Going, hold on a minute. God, I know I'm in you. Where do you want me today? Like you're working. Here's the thing is, think about this. Do you believe God is working in every human being's life on this planet right now? I hope so. Sometimes we think we're God's gift to them. Like God hadn't started working in your life until I've come and talked to you. Right? Instead of going, hold on, God, you are working harder than I've ever thought about working. Let me come into your work. Have you prayed that lately? See how different that is? Than, than this prayer of, gosh, I'm bored and I'm not connected and I'm not all this and please bring me closer to you. And God's like, that's not my gospel. <laughs> it's not my gospel. You're following a different gospel. The gospel we believe will determine the disciples who we are, that we are. If our starting point isn't that. Now, you may not feel close because you've quenched the Holy Spirit. Right? Ephesians 4.30 Don't quench the spirit. You may have been making decisions that you have just quenched the Holy Spirit inside of you. And the question isn't to go, oh, yeah, Keith reminded me I'm close. Of course you're close. But if you're quenching the Holy Spirit, that requires repentance. Times of refreshing will come. Acts chapter 3 says when we repent. And so you've got to figure out and go, oh, hold on a minute. Maybe I need repentance. Maybe I'm not feeling close. All right. And my starting point isn't closeness. Because I'm quenching the Holy Spirit. And that's not always, let me just share this. That's not always sin, like as you determine sin, like, like sexual morality and lying and cheating and murder and all that kind of stuff. It just very well may be you living the life you want to live. Yeah. And, and you're going, why don't I feel close to God? Like, I believe I'm as close to him as I'll ever get. I was united with him. Why don't I feel close? You quench the Holy Spirit. You're doing your own thing. Like you're like, you're living the consumeristic gospel of God, you saved me to live my life out and do what I want to do. Well, of course we don't feel connected. Yeah. And going, hold on a minute, let me get back to I'm yours. Amen. What do you want me to do? Remember in Matthew 7 21, he says, Not everyone who says Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom. I think sometimes we think the people who are saying Lord, Lord, and don't enter the kingdom are like these horrible sinners except the except the illustration that jesus uses was very religious people people that were just doing what they wanted to do and he's like you never even treated me as lord you didn't ask me where where i wanted you or whether i wanted you to do that you never like submitted yourself to me all right so this is so vital our starting point is We cannot, every minute, every second of every day, we cannot get out of his presence, and we cannot get any closer than we are right now. All right? We are 
intimately close. We are closer than you can possibly measure with God. He's in you. He's around you. We're in him fully. Amen. Okay. Turn over to Titus chapter 2. Okay. That's like a vital, vital, vital starting point in dying every day. Because if we don't get that, then it just Christianity becomes legalistic, ascetic. Like, let me just punish myself, God, until you draw me closer to you. Okay, that's not the right gospel, and it's not the gospel of freedom. All right, it isn't that. All right, so Titus chapter 2, he says, Every day when we think to ourselves, okay, how will I die moment to moment? How will I do it? What will that look like? Okay, I've got my starting point down. I'm repenting. I'm I'm readjusting my view of what God's gospel is. And then he says here in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It, it, the grace of God. This is going to require us to define a term correctly. All right. Can you define God's grace? Oftentimes what we would say is his grace is when he saves you from your sin. That's God's grace. Except that's not the biblical definition. God's grace is everything he's doing and giving me and you that we don't deserve everything i mean when you wake up in the morning you're every every breath every friend every tree every is going wow god you have given me something that you know what i really deserve hell you know what I really deserve? And you know what's funny is, is, is in my life, if I, when I get in touch with that, it's so interesting. God gave me the opposite of what I deserve but well before I was a Christian. Yeah. All right? And I, sometimes I think we don't think that's happening in people's lives. Again, we kind of have this idea that we are the all-knowing, and God will begin working in your life when I talk to you, and he hasn't done anything good in your life until you submit to him in baptism. I'm going, wow, man, our gospel has got to change if we think that. All right, because think, I think of the number of times God has given me grace, that he helped me, changed me, gently nudged me, lavished things on me, that really what I deserved as an enemy of his was just death. That's so vital for us to know. It teaches us, that teaches us, grace teaches us to say, no. How do we die to ourselves moment to moment? We get intimately connected to the word no. How many of your kids like the word no? How many of you guys when you were kids like the word no? You didn't now, right? You, you're, you left a W off, mom and dad. I said now, and you're saying no, okay? Here's the deal is, is almost we never stop hating the word no. We just learn how to like socially do it more acceptably as we get older. We learn how to socially throw temper tantrums and pout and, and all those kind of things. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness, to worldly passions, to live self-controlled, 
upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Is this idea of saying no, okay? But again, we can do that in a way that's completely works-based. Like, I just say no. I, I just say no. And if oftentimes what we think is, he saved me and you, he washed me and you, for me and you. Like, what he saved me to do was so I can be joyful. He saved me so I can have life to the full. He saved me so I can have patience. He saved me because of all these things so I can be all of these things. And you're thinking, but didn't he? And all of those things are true. Except the better question is, how is he, he's, he's working in me and you in order to manifest in us to others. Is that the gospel you believed? Or is the gospel of just consumeristic Christianity that you came here for a self-help group? You know, you, you came here just to become a better person. You came here so God would give you something. So God will make you happy and comfortable. That's why I came here. I came here because he does that. And then we think in our minds, and then that's what's going to help people become disciples. He's going, no, no. I want you to say no because I want you to have this hope and I want you to be eager to do what's good. I want you to live with such hope in my reappearing and so eager to be man. Jesus is saying, I need to be manifested completely in Liz and in Keith and in Abby and in Dave and in Patrick. I need to be completely and totally manifested in them. And the only way that's going to happen is if they say no to themselves no to ungodliness, no to worldly passions, so they can say yes to me. Right? They've got to clear their, th themselves out so the people in their lives see Jesus. Amen. All right? I want, you, I want you to really think about that. Is that the gospel you believe? Or is it just a self-help gospel? Like, I'm going to come here and become a really great person for other people to see. Instead, he's saying No. Here's what I'm doing is I'm working in you Amen. so other people will hear the gospel. Yeah. So other people will become disciples. So other people that everyone in here, God has placed people in our lives, family, friends, non-Christians. And the question is really, how are those people seeing Jesus in us? Like in your quiet time when, you, when you're studying and God is working in your life, how is how he's working in your life being felt and made evident to everyone in your sphere of life? Or did you just kind of learn something in your quiet time in case somebody asked you? See the difference? Yeah. One is just purely legalistic. One is purely like, well, I'm going to do it. I'll go through the motions. I'll die to myself. I'll behave the way you want me to behave. But I won't believe the gospel that Jesus is teaching, that, that he's working in me and you in order for the world to be saved. 
And not so one person baptizes 30 people. Not so one person does that. It's that every single person is part of that process. But it starts out with the gospel. It starts out with this idea of saying no in order to say yes. I want you to think about the people God's placed in your life. I want you to think about your family. I want you to think about your friends. I want you to think at work. Maybe you share an office with somebody. Maybe you sit in a classroom next to somebody. I want you to think of your group of three. I want you to think of your your small family group. I want you to think of your different groups where God has placed people. I want you to think of your neighbors. How well are you loving them? How well is Jesus being manifested in us to minister to these groups? How well is that happening? If it's not, if I like, I walk into church on Sunday, I plop down, I talk to people I know, and I leave. That's a different gospel. But in every case, do I prepare myself to go in and go, okay, God, like... Let me jump on board with you and how you're working in this person's life. How can I get on board with what you're doing in this person's life and then speak faithfully to that? We have to say no to selfishness and worldliness and ungodliness in order to say yes to the gospel of Jesus. In order to say yes, right? Turn over to 2 Corinthians 5. Right? In order to say yes to this passage that we are amazingly familiar with. Second Corinthians verse 5. Verse 16. We no longer regard anyone from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against them, and he committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. That's what the church looks like. This isn't the church in here. This isn't the church when you walk in and you're sitting in a building somewhere. That's not the church. The church is what is impacting the community. The church is going, hold on a minute. I see in view of your mercy, in view of our closeness, I'm dying. I'm saying no to myself today because you're making your appeal through me. In every situation, in every instance, and even with that, we've kind of broken it down into something so sterile. And it's really interesting. Jesus was an ambassador of God while he was on earth. He was what people go, that's the fullness of God right there. And you know what? You know how he treated people? Give me a word in, in, in a way you would say, Jesus treated people with 
compassion. What else? Respect. Respect. Gentleness. And naturally, hopefully, you're thinking, wow, do I treat people that way? (laughs) I can't say I'm a Christian if I don't, okay? (laughs) If Jesus did that. But you know what else Jesus did? He honored people. I think, again, our starting point sometimes with the gospel, our starting point with dying to self, our starting point sometimes is to devalue people, almost to see humanity as a commodity instead of human beings. Except when Jesus sat in someone's home for a meal, he was honoring them. All right? He honored the woman at the well. He honored these people. He honored these people. And I wonder if we're honoring the people God has put in our lives. Are we honoring them with love? Are we honoring them with hospitality? Are we honoring them with service? Are we honoring them? And you know what? All of these things don't happen if I don't die to myself. But I've got to die to myself for the right reason. And the right reason is because in view of God's mercy, because Christ came and called and died and rose again, this is the only rational decision I can possibly make is I'm going to say no to myself so I can say yes to him. I want you to think about that. Dying to yourself moment by moment, season by season, dying to yourself. Is that happening in your groups of people? Have you died to yourself enough to even invite people in to like correct, rebuke, teach, train? Have you, have you done that? I mean, we can force our way in there, but that's painful. When I die to myself, all of a sudden I'm like, no, I want my brothers and sisters in here. I want you to correct me, rebuke me, teach me, train me with the word of God. Right? That's very different than let me work to get close to God. One, you want to know what? We're going to be all sad and miserable. The other, you want to know what? There's a difference when you walk in freedom. There's a, you look different as a Christian. Yeah. You sound different as a Christian. You smile more as a Christian. I'm not kidding you. You will smile more. Why? Because life is all better? No, because freedom is like, wow, man, this is great. You know, behind bars, I was kind of sad. <laughs> when I'm out, I'm <laughs> happy. Why, are you having a good day? I'm free. <laughs> of course I'm having a good day. There's a difference. And if we aren't living in freedom Amen. in Christ... Man, what we, th- that's where no has got to come in. We're not being great ambassadors, yeah. all right? And then we start teaching a gospel that Jesus didn't teach, and we start locking everyone else up. And we start doing that thing that the Pharisees did. We buy all burdens on other people that we aren't willing to carry, right? Okay, you see how close that gets to being a Pharisee? Instead of going, hold on a minute, the gospel is good news. It's going to unburden me and you, and it's going to help. It's good news to die because he says that's how you have life, right? He says, if you want to save your life, you lose it. But if you lose your life for me, you will find it. Freedom in Christ.